Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you joining us with the podcast this week. With the podcast this week? I don't even know what I'm saying now with this intro stuff. It's just, it's falling apart. It's a disaster every time. We glad you here. We glad you here. Oh my. <laughs> Jen wow. Bartlett is back on the podcast. Rob Croyle is here. Hello. Logan might or might not be here. We're not sure, but we glad you here. <laughs> All righty. Yikes. So much fun. Yikes. Anyway. Well, uh, let us jump right into the shortcoming of the week. Let's do that. This is a relatively small one, relatively minute. Um, It's all in a name. It's not whatever. Semantics, whatever. (laughs) So at some point during the sermon, Rob used the example of uh, the Apostle Paul, who then just moments later was chastised by Christ and told to get behind me, Satan. You know, like what happened to Peter. And, and, you know, so he said Paul, but he meant Peter. And then he flip-flopped and changed the name to Peter, corrected mm-hmm. himself. But I don't think he noticed that he had corrected himself. It was fine, though. Like I, I said. I might have noticed. I, I have my mask on. How would you know if you I poker face, poker, poker face level 100. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's going on there. No idea. Bonus points if the mask fogs up your glasses. Now nobody can read your eyes either. I was just thinking that. You can't read, but nobody can read you. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Might as well just wear a bag over your face because you can't see anything. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure if you just told me to wear a bag over my face I or not. I think she said you need a bag on your face. That's what I heard. Yep. Not a plastic bag, though. That would oh, kill you. Oh, that's nice. Maybe just a paper bag. Oh. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, so sweet. I'm sure. We're yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> Next topic, please. So that was the shortcoming <laughs> for this week. Also the Logan bashing. My goodness. <clears throat> it's fine. It's fine, Jen. We see we see how it is. Nevertheless, uh we got our this is gonna be a fun little episode. Jen, you get to talk about things so much today. I'm excited. This is just a prep Let's for the upcoming this. sermon. Oh, man. The yeah. upcoming Jennifer Bartlett sermon. Oh, man, kids. It's coming. It's coming. I'm excited. But this is a little preemptive. This is a little prep A little prep to that. A little ease you into it. <laughs> just toe in the water. Toe in the water. So let's talk, about, let's talk about Boaz and Ruth and Naomi and all that good stuff. So uh, first, first talk. First topic off the bat here is Boaz blessing fulfilled. Question mark? Question mark? So, okay, so the reason why this is my book isn't because, you know, it's Ruth and Boaz, but it's because I really love this story um, and all the intricate parts and, like, how, I don't know, uh, like, 52% of its conversation, which... Uh. I don't know if that's the exact percentage, but it's a very high number of people dialoguing. Um, But I remember reading or hearing at one point that like in chapter two, Boaz like gives this blessing over Ruth when 
he meets her in the field. And by the end of chapter four, he had kind of fulfilled all those things. Like, um, may you have a place to rest your head and like, may somebody come, Mm. may the Lord, uh, something about eagles wings or wings being being under somebody's wings and like romantic he he came and kind of brought him brought ruth under his wing if you will Uh, like but protecting her and sure 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 yeah so all those little parts he works together and so so that blessing that he proclaims right actually comes about because of him being willing to do it so that's inter- okay. That's interesting, and that's that's kind of a. I, th- I think I might be able to tie this in with some of the stuff Rob was saying, um, in the sermon. When so he's he ends up like he proclaims this blessing, mm-hmm. but then Boaz does something about it and actually is the one that fulfills that and, right. and and meets all these things that he says is going. You know, may the Lord, you know, may you be blessed in this way. Uh, I I feel like there might be some real world ramifications for us if we applied that. Mm-hmm. Of how often, you know, when you were talking about when people are in a, a like a, a tough spot spiritually, right? Right. And you start asking, uh, and people were giving you their their responses of meeting people where they're at, and they don't just want to like a platitude, like don't just throw a, a throw a verse at me, you know? Right. Like, oh yeah, I've never heard that ber- heard that verse before. Thank you. Have a nice day. Um, I think is uh, you did the shaking, the handshaky thing, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Um, so in, in that sense, how like if Boaz Boaz could have just thrown out this blessing, right? Like, may the Lord bless you with shelter and under like under his eagle wings and, and a place to eat and place to sleep and family and whatever the blessing you know, you know, for a thousand generations and their children and their children and their children's children and the, you know blah blah blah. Uh, like the like the worship song, we could spout the blessing, or you could actually, or you can do that, and then you can do something about mm-hmm. it. Sure, sure. Th- that's the difference that I see here. Yeah. Yep. That maybe we should cue in on. Yeah. And I don't think when Boaz prayed that prayer, he expected to be the the Boaz of the story. You know, he didn't expect mm. to be the kinsman redeemer or be the one that Ruth marries, so that. Sure. Um, he was just like, "Hey, stay in my field, be safe, because that's important. Uh, you don't know what you're gonna run into in other fields, like so." Shoot, dang, who dat? Shoot, dang. Who I dat? still think that that had something to do with it. I mean, that's what chapter three is all about. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh my! Don't 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 tell the story too soon. <laughs> don't reveal the plot. Oh my! Oh my! Yeah. Revealing too much. Nevertheless, uh, let's. All right. So Boaz's blessing was fulfilled. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's uh let's talk names. Okay. So I, I created the uh, the the little picture where the guy dies. Elimelech. Uh, yeah, that one. Say that one. Elimelech. 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 Bum ba da da da. 
Elimelech. Anyway, um, so uh, that that picture and that was the teaser that I threw up on Instagram. And Kyle, Kyle texts me. Oh man, I miss him already. I miss him already. But he texts me. He's like, me and Ann, we can't we can't figure out what the story is. What is the story? Uh, and there were some like there were some teasers in the hashtags a little bit. You could have you could have got it if you tried maybe or you know maybe. I'm pulling um, it up. But it, it's got the dead Elimelech and it's got Naomi and then it's got uh, Ruth and Orpa, which is a great name. Orpa, like, can you imagine if she was the one that stayed or stayed with Naomi? Like, mm-hmm. we would have had a book named Orpa. That would have yeah. been super dope. <laughs> Did you know that Oprah was actually supposed to be called? Orpa, but they misspelled her name. I think I did know that actually. Yeah. Oh wow. Or at least I had heard that. I don't know how true it actually is, but I've heard it multiple times. I believe it. And then, and then the the two sons, the two sons, uh, which I I'm not going to remember their names, but I do remember that they they have terrible names because they stand for like death and dying and sickly and yeah failures. Malon like, and Killian. Man, just you're Except, such a Malon. Yeah. Just an abject failure. <laughs> Why did you name your child that? I remember listening to a sermon once and about Ruth. Um, and he was like, they're not Klingon names. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, I can remember how to say them. <laughs> oh, those sound exactly like Klingon names. <laughs> the Bible is in Klingon. <laughs> it's uh it's probably Probably has a whole lot more phlegm. It's probably more like Helion. You're gonna have to clean off your windscreen now. Yeah. I just don't know if I can do it. Mehlon. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Helion. <laughs> nope, nope. Can't do it. <laughs> I think I broke something there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was entertaining. That was pathetic. All right, so we got we got Mehlon and Kilion. Oh, I am gonna remember that now. <laughs> You're mm. welcome. So good. <clears throat> but tell us about Elimelech and Naomi. Tell us about their names. I don't know much about Elimelech's name. Um, but I know like Naomi means like sweetness or like sweetheart and Aww. pleasant. Like Aww. so she was like this pleasant woman who left uh Bethlehem, which means house of bread, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yep. And so there's a famine in the house of bread. Seems wrong. Seems it's wrong. It's literally Beit Lahem. Huh. Beit Lahem. All right. Um, I don't know what Elimelech's name. I don't know what his name meant. Oh. Uh, it means my God is king. So my God is king and pleasant had two babies and named them sick and dying. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me wonder if they if they grew up like in believing homes mm-hmm. and then somehow their experience along the way just led them down a different path and I, and I kind of picture my parents in this they my parents both grew up in christian homes and 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 had a connection with god and then when they became adults they're just like nope not my thing mm-hmm. left 
and and it was a bunch of years before they came back to the church. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the thought that I had the other day was, I wonder if they were, if the boys were born in the midst of the famine, like, oh. like kids born in the middle of the Great Depression, like, were they born in the midst of this famine and somehow their parents didn't think they were going to make it and. Hmm. That's a good idea. That I I can see that being possible at least. I I I tried for my hardest to come up with a positive spin on these names with the definitions because most of the time you look at the names of somebody and like uh, uh, first one to pop to my Jacob right mm-hmm. the Sir Plotter the heel grabber right. Uh, that seems like a negative connotation, but there's also a positive side of that name. And so for most most names, there's a there's a positive and a, there's like a, a light side and a dark side. Right. There's a, a Jedi and a Sith version of this name, right? Uh, and if you go down the right path, then you become the Sith. And if you go down the wrong path, then you become a Jedi. And uh, wait, no, never mind. Uh so, but I'm, I was trying to come up like, what's the positive spin for these names? Right. Sick and dying. I I couldn't really. I, I got nothing on that. These are really really bleak. Right. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's interesting. Coming from nice, from sweetness, mm-hmm. and my God is King. Mm-hmm. This is also the time of their history where they're being ruled by the judges. And we know that more often than not, there is, uh, Israel is on the losing end of the battle mm-hmm. with their neighbors. And so between famine, I mean, if you think in terms of like uh, Gideon in the wine press. Hiding mm-hmm. down there to do his wheat. Yeah. Sure. When he should be up on top of a hill, mm-hmm. he's hiding in a wine press. So, if if that's the time period, then then if if you feel like you're losing all the time, maybe naming your sons this way is just a way of saying, "Hey, God, mm-hmm. um, you're my king, but look at your kingdom." Yeah, mm. as okay. it were. All right. And sweetness. And then, so she changes her name from sweetness to Mara. Mm-hmm. Bitter. You go from sweet to bitter. Mm-hmm. Huh. Intriguing. Which is such a cool visual, like, such a juxtaposition of, like, how she Total was feeling. Reversal. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. Clean so names. And so her name, you know, when she changes her, she chooses to go by bitterness, right? There's a there's a story, there's a connection to the uh, Israel's history, and it comes out of Exodus 15. Oh. Good old Exodus 15. A little We're told Moshe. That, <laughs> what's that? A little Moshe. Little Moshe. So we're told that uh, Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, 
And they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. Sure. And in the Hebrew, like the literal translation is when they came to Marah and did not, they could drink the waters of Marah for bitter they upon thus was called the name of it Mara. I mean, like, it's almost like um, it's a play on words. Okay. Like, we're, we're told four times that's Mara. Mm-hmm. This is the, well, this is like uh, the guy, the Moabite that came with Niobe, Naomi. From? You know, you know the, from Moab. Right. right. <laughs> so she's a Moabite from Moab. Focus over here, buddy. <laughs> the big yellow one's the sun. <laughs> the big yellow one's the sun. There you go. What is that from? You don't know that? Oh, Brian Regan. Oh. Classic. No, nope, I, I call don't. it a cup of dirt. <laughs> so she's a Moabite from Moab. This is Mara, you know, the bitter water. That's Mara from Mara, mm-hmm. the Mara water from Mara. Yes. Have Have you figured out it's Mara yet? <laughs> Wait, what? I, I think it's Mara. <laughs> and, and the question is, is he just talking about the water? Okay. Or is he talking about the people and the there water? There it is. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And Naomi seems to understand, and she picked her story well. Yeah, yeah, she is. Pun intended. (laughs) Oh. Thank you very much. Snuck that one by me. (laughs) Score one for the home team. One for the home team. (sighs) Yikes. Hmm. I'm not going to get too bitter about that. All right, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, she does pick that well because she's she's bitter and she I, I, it, that's a callback to the bitterness of the people. They're right. angry. They're angry at God. They're grumbling at God because they're walking around in the wilderness. Now I wonder is she because that that story. The next thing is they come across springs that aren't bitter. Correct. Yeah, they come to twelve springs. Say, like, oh, here's this bountiful twelve springs of goodness, mm-hmm. but and y'all were palms. griping too much. Right. I wonder if she thought that through, <clears throat> or or if that's the I am bitter, and she's hoping that around the corner there's twelve springs of goodness. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe she was still somewhat hopeful. You mm-hmm. know, e- even in the midst of. Desperation. Sure. I think there's a difference between acknowledging where you're at in those situations and being ruled by it. Right. Yes. And I don't know if I don't know if we could understand from reading it. I, I don't know if I would be comfortable saying, oh, she's being ruled by her bitterness. Right. Or she's experiencing bitterness and she's acknowledging that. I right. don't know which one that is. Yeah, because there's times where we're like, 
this is where I'm at. I don't like where I'm at. I don't want to be here, but this is the motion that I'm wrestling with, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Right. Which is well, way healthier than the other way around. Right. Well, I mean, she has valid reasons to be, I don't know, bitter, but grieving. Like, she's sure. lost. There was a famine in the house of bread. Then she her lost. husband died. Yeah. Then her kiddos died. Yeah. I mean, she was it? She got this Moabite following her around like a stray puppy. <laughs> she won't it? let her be grumpy. Darn Ruth. Probably always sing, singing songs. <laughs> She's probably singing. Ugh. The nerve. She's like Snow White. Just got animals. Yeah. Just making her not be grumpy. <laughs> oh, could you picture like the story of Ruth told like the, the elf? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be the best. Oh. God oh, is the best. You're a grumpy. <laughs> you are a grumpy person. <laughs> oh, that's dope. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's storyboard that later. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the Christmas version. Uh-huh. We'll do the story of Ruth for Christmas. Perfect. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> oh my. You had it flat. We almost lost him, folks. I did. We almost lost him. <laughs> that was I'm gonna come back to that later. Advent, Ruth, Advent. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, later. I'm going to come back to this later. Not now. All right. So anyway, what were we talking about? Mara, bitter. Mara, bitter. Yeah. No, that's a good reference. I like that. Mm -hmm. Is that all tapped out? Have we run that one dry? Um, Couldn't dredge up any, any more? No. For that? All right. Let's spring on to the next thing. Well done. Well done. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's talk about Ruth 3. The spicy chapter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, what book uh, are you reading? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is a little scandalous. So, uh a number of weeks ago, and this is totally unrelated, but <laughs> a number of weeks ago, someone tweeted, I am this, I am today, I am this, this, this year's, many old. years old. I am this year's old when I realized that Ruth uncovering the feet of Boaz means a whole lot more than just feet. Yep. Like I said. The spicy chapter. I struggle so much with like that, like uncovering Boaz's feet and it meaning more. And I know it does, but come on, really? What? Like, ah, I don't know. Anyway, Rob, so, take us into chapter three. So, uh, so some contextual clues. Um, Naomi tells her to wait until he is he has eaten and that he is. Had his drink. Uh, he has had eaten and and drunk. His heart was very merry. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, um, 
so she waits, and uh, when he goes to sleep, he's... just as just as her mother in law had told her. Yes, Naomi told Naomi tells her how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wash yourself, therefore, anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor. Why do not make yourself known until the man has finished eating and drinking? Wait for the opportune moment. (laughs) I see this is planned out well. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Marty puts it, Naomi wants Boaz to see Ruth through his circumcision. Yes. This is like thigh swearing. I know. I know exactly what it's like. And I like I'm right there with you. Like, remember your covenant. <laughs> Awkward glance. Yeah. And and Boaz. He says, who are you? And she's answered, I am Ruth, your maid. So spread your covering over your maid for you are a close relative. Mm hmm. And he says, may you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. You have shown your last kindness to be better than the first, not going after younger men, whether poor or rich. Like, he knows what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He knows why she is there. This is a marriage proposal from the woman to the man. Yeah. She's a strong, independent woman who wants to be dependent. <laughs> Less. And he says, I will do whatever you that. ask, for all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Now, it is true I'm a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Remain this night, and when morning comes, if he will redeem you, good, let him redeem you. But if he does not wish to redeem you, then I will redeem you as the Lord lives Lie down, lie down until morning. There you go. That was all at midnight. It was very specific. He was, he was awoken at mm-hmm. midnight. And then verse fourteen, she lay at his feet until morning arose before one could recognize another. And he said, "Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor." And then he sends her with six measures of barley. Again. Which mm-hmm. is a ton. Yeah, they are taken care of. This is like a year's worth of barley. Yeah. Peas, oats, and barley grow. Peas, oats, and barley grow. Mm. What? This is an old kid song popped right. into my head. So what they're doing here is out of... Deuteronomy 25, starting in verse 5. When brothers live together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the deceased shall not be married outside the family to a strange man. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her to himself as wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. It shall be that the firstborn whom she bears shall assume the name of his dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. This is that passage that Jesus was arguing with or got presented 
by the Sadducees mm-hmm. that we talked about uh, four or five weeks ago. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, of the, if you had seven brothers and they all die, you know, who is she married to in heaven? This is where they're coming from with that. Right. That's where the, the tradition, this Deuteronomy, that's how they would approach that. Now listen to verse 8. Um, well, if start in verse 7. But if the man does not desire to take his brother's wife, then his brother's wife shall go to up to the gate of the elders and say, My brother's, my husband's brother refuses to establish a name for his brother in Israel. He is not willing to perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of his city shall summon him and speak to him. And if he persists and says, I do not desire to take her, then his brother's wife shall come to him in the sight of the elders and pull off his sandal off his foot. Wait a minute, that's in root four, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Spit in his face, and he shall declare, thus it, it is done to, to the man who does not build up his brother's house. So Elimelech, or I'm sorry, uh, Boaz, calls out to the close relative, went up to the gate, sat down. Behold, the close relative whom Boaz spoke was passing by. He said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. He took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they all sat down. He said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the land of Moab, has to sell the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. So I thought to inform you, saying, buy it before those who are sitting here, before the elders of my people. If you'll redeem it, redeem it. But if not, tell me that I that I may know, for there's no doubt there's no one but you to redeem it, and I after you. And so the close relative says, Land? Yeah, I'll redeem it. Mm-hmm. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of the deceased, in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance. The close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself (laughs) because I would jeopardize my own inheritance. Redeem it for yourself. You may have my right of redemption. I cannot redeem it. Now, this is because they're worried about their future generations when he says I would be jeopardizing my own inheritance, that's because uh, he'd be jeopardizing because of the 10th generation thing, right? Is that what he's worried about? That's what I've always thought. Well, or or it could be that he simply doesn't want... Um, Doesn't so it, in in essence the firstborn to Boaz yep is not Boaz's son it's it's Chilion's son okay and and the whole inheritance goes to that one to that one makes sense so my question then in the at the end of Ruth four where they're throwing out the genealogy to David. Wouldn't shouldn't that say Chilion instead of Boaz? Mm. 
Yeah, I was I was wondering the same thing. That is a hmm. good point. I have no idea. Yeah. It's odd. My next question. If this was supposed to be the Deuteronomy is for brothers taking care of their brothers wives or whatever. Yep. So Boaz wasn't necessarily a brother, so is he going like he's just a relative of Elimelech's, right? Mhm. So he doesn't even have to necessarily follow through on what Deuteronomy is saying. Mm. He, right? He's doing it he to be a redeemer. And not necessarily because he has to, but because... He's choosing to? He's choosing to. Could be. You would need someone way more... Yeah. It I, would, yeah, I, it would I, depend on how they interpret the, the Deuteronomy passage. Is it is it only brothers, or is it... Right. Is the spirit of the law that you keep going to your closest male relative... Right down the line. Right. That's probably, there's probably some stuff written on that in the Mishnah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. What's cool about it being that he, he's choosing to do it is it feels much more like a foreshadowing of Christ. Mm. Like Christ choosing to come and take on our sins. Mm. Boaz. As opposed to just carrying out a needed design or right carrying out what duty. the law says sure yeah hmm. fascinating good stuff if you have any thoughts on this email us at info at missionridge.church yeah you could do that absolutely there's a lot of space in that inbox mm-hmm. so much saying. space all I'm saying So much space. Yeah. I really want to dig deeper into this and get other, like, smarter than me people's thoughts. (laughs) All right, you heard it. If you're smarter than Jen, she wants your thoughts. It's a wide swath, so (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Crickets. Crickets. Awesome. Stellar. Superb. Super dope. Fantastic. No, I didn't say that. It's not fantastic. It actually really is fantastic. <laughs> I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna say that. Alrighty. Well, that about does it for this episode of Footnotes, I think. Mm-hmm. It has been an abject pleasure to have you joining us today. To discuss the Ruth and Boaz. Boaz. That sounds nice with a little country twang on it. Boaz. <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, catch you guys on the flip side. This week we got Jennifer preaching, finishing up the sermon series. Mm-hmm. Root oh, man. What are we talking about? Hannah. Hannah. From First Samuel 1. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. On Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Super dope. All right. You guys go ahead and 
Check us out on uh, on on the interwebs or or live and in person, and we will uh, we'll see you then. You guys Peace. have a lovely time. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.